Trent Williams will miss some time. He's got a high ankle sprain, yet another injury for the San Francisco 49ers. What will the offense look like without Trent Williams? And what should the offense look like anyway under Kyle Shanahan in the sixth year, under Jimmy Garoppolo now for another season? What's going on with the 49ers on offense? And how come Mike McDaniel's having so much early success away from the 49ers with the Miami Dolphins? That's a question we got a lot this week, so we've got to address it on today's Locked On 49ers. You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers. Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker with you at BD Peacock at Eric underscore Crocker. Thanks for making us your first listen every day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day is what we do. We continue coming at you. And, um, man, uh, a lot to get into on today's show, trying to, to wrap our heads around what we saw on Sunday night with the 49ers and the Broncos. Niners falling to one and two on the season. Today's episode of Locked On 49ers is presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than their Prize Picks projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on that entry. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code Locked On. That's prizepicks.com, promo code Locked On. Trent Williams, Croc, the 49ers' arguably best player, is now going to miss some time. How much time, we don't know exactly, but it is a high ankle sprain that Trent Williams is going to be dealing with. And, man, what a disaster of a play that was. More on that in a minute on my, <laughs> my rewatch of that. That horrific uh, play against the 49ers end zone that ended up in a in a uh, in a in a safety with Jimmy Garoppolo stepping out of the back of the end zone. The worst part of that play ended up being the injury to Trent Williams. And so these these high ankle sprain injuries, you never know exactly how severe they are, how hard it is for guys to come back from it. Trent Williams had one last year, and he said he came back too soon. And he said probably Colton McKivitz, who actually played pretty well replacing him against the Rams last year, he said probably Colton McKivitz would have been better than than Trent in the playoffs anyway in that in that NFC championship game because he wasn't 100 percent on that high ankle sprain and so unfortunately another one for Trent Williams a freak accident guy rolls up into the back of his leg and and there you have it um I know this is usually an injury that takes four weeks or so but can be up to eight weeks sometimes it can linger all season long depending on how severe it is we saw Jimmy Garoppolo deal with this just a couple of years ago and he had a high ankle sprain brought him back too soon the season was on the brink it was kind of a disaster year they brought him back maybe too soon he was kind of hurt I don't know if he re-injured it or it was just a bad situation so you do want it to get right for for Trent Williams um Tyrion Davis Price just had a high ankle sprain as well last (laughs) week and they didn't put him on IR which makes you think they think TDP is going to be back within four weeks so they didn't need to put him on IR to return and so I wonder if that's what it'll be like for Trent Williams. And that's kind of the indication we'll get if they put Trent on IR this week, then we'll know it's at least a four week injury and maybe it's on the more severe side. And maybe if they don't, then they think he'll be back before that four week window. I wouldn't mess around with it, man. And as someone who has had a high angle sprain, matter of fact, the last time I played football, uh, my, my, my career ended with a high ankle sprain and there are different levels of the severity of it, but Man, it's it's painful. And I think for me, at least, the thing that it limited the most was really my side-to-side lateral movement. Now, running straight ahead, I can actually still run straight. But if you ask me to run straight and then cut 
or do anything where I'm moving laterally, terrible, extremely painful. I was collapsing because originally I was diagnosed with just a sprained ankle. And oh, a sprained ankle, you'll be better. Like, no, it's much more severe than that. And it's painful. And if you look at uh, Mac Jones, Mac Jones ended the game with an interception. Man, Mac Jones had three interceptions over the last game. I actually thought he played well outside of the picks. But they have pictures of them. They're carrying Mac Jones off of the field. They have to carry him off the field. He's crying. like He's like, I mean, they get the worst pictures of Mac Jones ever. Everything looks like he's crying. <laughs> but they're carrying him off the field. But it, it is painful. And I remember screaming. I actually, my brothers, my brother, my best friend, who I call my brother, and my actual big brother, they were in the stands when I had the high ankle sprain. And they were going to come down on the field and beat the guy up. Because what he did was, um, it was a screen away from the ball. And he just ran. I guess his coach told him to just dive into me and cut me. And I don't even know why. Like, I was to the backside of the screen. Like, why would you cut me? And he just cut me. And I thought I snapped my ankle. I thought when I was going to look at my ankle, it was going to be snapped, kind of like Trey Lance's, right? And That's I was, probably I what mean, Mac Jones thought. Mac Jones probably thought he had the Trey Lance injury. That might have been why he was. Yeah. Oh, dude, I was, in, I was in so much pain, screaming on the ground. So I had never felt anything like that. The high ankle, high ankle sprain, man, it can be extremely painful. And I just remember how long it lingered with me. I would go play basketball at 24-hour fitness and – jumping cutting i mean we're talking about six to eight weeks uh so two two months two and a half months after and still not feeling quite like myself in the basketball gym so it's something that can definitely linger and it's definitely something that could be painful I, I wouldn't mess around with it they're get, gonna get better treatment than i did but trent williams i put him on ir and just say all right we know he's gonna be out four weeks give him that time to recover i didn't realize your career ended with a high ankle sprain with an injury croc i thought your uh, athletic career ended the same way mine did because of talent. I actually uh, could have came back and played, but I just thought for the money that was being offered to me to be out of state, I didn't care for that. San Jose Sabercats, man, they took care of us. They took care of us. I was doing very well. So then they went away and it's like, all right, I'm getting contract offers from these you know, team in Washington, team in Orlando, you know, these different areas. And I'm like, but y'all not offering me what I was making, basically being at home. Like I was able to be at my apartment you know, three nights a week. And then obviously I had an apartment in San Jose as well. Yeah. But I was making great money too. So you're going to pay me less and I'm away? Absolutely not. I'm just going to hang up the, I guess you could say cleats, but yeah, I'm hanging them up. Hanging up the cleats. Uh, high ankle sprain. Yeah, they're, they're no joke, man. They can be really bad. And that's the part, hard part because you don't never, never really know how severe they are. And it's also a misleading injury because it's not a sprain or an ankle, right? Isn't it? It's like a, a hairline fracture of the lower leg, essentially, is what a high ankle sprain is, isn't it? Right. So initially, they diagnosed me with just a regular sprained ankle. And then it wasn't getting better. And I would have to do like, I mean, they would tape it up heavily. But it's like I'm like, man, whatever y'all trying to do, like, this is painful. I'm collapsing. So basically, it's there's like a hairline fracture, if I remember correctly. So they just took an x-ray. And I, oh, okay, you have a high ankle sprain. There's a fracture and then there's damage to the ligaments. And that's where a lot of the, you know, immobility and stuff like that starts to kick in. So, yeah, it's, it's, I don't know exactly what a regular sprain is. Maybe there's a fracture with that, but high ankle sprain is just a little different. Okay, here we go. The, the textbook definition of a high ankle sprain is it's uh, the, it's the, it's the ligaments that are sprained that are above the ankle between the tibia and the fibula, the lower leg. Okay. So gotcha. that's what. And they can't so I had that with a fracture. 
MRI. Yeah, and, and I think a lot of times high ankle sprains can involve uh, a you know a, a hairline fracture of the bones, the tibia and fibula as well. So that's why uh, it's high ankle. It feels like an ankle, but it's actually lower leg injury technically uh either way it's bad and if you're a 320 pound dude like trent williams who moves like he does uh you want to be able to push off on that thing and you need to be able to move around and pass protection so I, I agree with you man like get it right first so he can be there for the second half of the season the question is now for the 49ers croc how well is that offensive line going to play without trent williams because that was one of my takeaways upon rewatch of the football game sunday night was that uh, Jimmy Garoppolo clearly didn't feel comfortable, but he, he was throwing a lot off his back foot. The The pass protection wasn't great. Most of it was coming not from Trent Williams' side. Uh, Mike McGlinchey had a bad night, and um, I think Brendel didn't have a great game either. But, man, now you go to Colton McKivitz, who did a, a, a fine job replacing him late last season. But... You can't have your quarterback feeling that uncomfortable all game. And, of course, the 49ers need to run the ball as well. So it's 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 a, it's a worrisome injury for the 49ers. I, I, I tend to think some people do overrate how valuable just one singular offensive lineman is because I still think of the offensive line as, a, as an entire unit. But if you have one leaky spot, it can really ruin everything. So um, it, it's, a, it's a big injury. If Colton McKivitz can just hold his own, they might be okay for four weeks, right? But it's definitely not something that you want to go through most or all of the season with if it's a more severe side of things for Trent Williams' high ankle sprain. Get healthy. 49ers have an issue with high ankle sprains. I feel like I've never seen as many high ankle sprains to one team as I've seen with the 49ers over the last couple of years. Really over the last three years. But last year, remember, last year I felt like it was every week it was a new player with a high ankle sprain. I, I, just injuries in general. I feel like they have a ton of injuries. Maybe maybe it's not. Maybe every team goes through this many injuries, but it does seem like the 49ers the last five years have been among, if not the most injured teams in the NFL. I think every team goes through it. I think it was Buffalo Bills. They were playing with like three new guys in the secondary. The secondary. That's just the secondary. So I think it's, I think every team kind of goes through it and you got to just figure out how to get around it. And I think most people would be like, oh man, just depth. But, dude, it's hard to accumulate just a lot of good depth. Every team wants depth. Right, yeah, and that's difficult, man. And things like left tackles, cornerbacks, those are tough positions to fill because they're already high-value positions where you're already paying a guy a lot and you have to draft those guys really high and they're high-level athletes. So you don't have just like a backup stud corner usually waiting in the wings or a backup stud left tackle on your roster. Most teams are, are struggling to find one of those guys, and so having two uh, definitely doesn't happen very often. All right. Upon rewatch, a couple of things I noticed with the 49ers. We've got to talk about Kyle Shanahan's offense, Jimmy Garoppolo in that offense, and uh, Mike McDaniel. Was Mike McDaniel the secret genius behind it all for Kyle Shanahan all those years when he was coordinating offenses in the NFL? We'll get to that next. But first, got to let the folks out there know about prize picks. Prize picks is easy. It is daily fantasy made easy. All you do is you pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than their prize pick proje projections, you can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. I can pull it up right now on my phone and look at the prize picks app, and you look at the quarterbacks playing on Monday Night Football, and I think it's a pretty easy under for me for those two quarterbacks, even though the, the that's not very high for those uh, for those projections for passing yards for Cooper Rush and Daniel Jones of the Cowboys and New York Giants, respectively. And that game has not happened yet on Monday Night Football as we're recording this. 
yards. Uh, but it does not just passing yards. You can do rushing. You can do tons of different projections that they have at prize picks, and not just the NFL either. We're talking about Major League Baseball, NBA, NHL, golf, tennis, college sports, esports, combat sports. You name it, they have it at Daily Fantasy Picks at Prize Picks. Dot com And it's no competing against other people either. It's just you versus those projections that are available. Super easy. Entries can ma- be made in 60 seconds or less. I could have made my entry right now while I'm talking about it on the app. Withdrawals are fast and safe and easy. And currently, PrizePix is operational in over 30 states, including Canada. Download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, Prize Picks will give you $100. If you deposit $50, Prize Picks will give you $50 to play with. Don't forget, enter promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. Upon rewatch of 49ers Broncos Croc, just a couple of quick notes. One is... The ball is oblong and bounces funny. We talk about how bad Jimmy Garoppolo played. Russell Wilson played equally bad. You look at the stats and maybe he played worse. He just didn't have that, that costly fumble, the interception, the safety. There was those things that, that made it look a lot worse for Jimmy Garoppolo, but things were not good for Russell Wilson. Did make a couple of plays in the fourth quarter, but it was tough for them to get points. I thought it was clear that both quarterbacks were terrible. Both were bad. Both were really bad. <laughs> that, that was clear. But here's the thing. the There was a fumble earlier in the game by the Broncos. Dude fumbles the ball by the right sideline. It goes on the ground, boop, right back into his own chest. Like the most miraculous bounce ever. The Jeff Wilson fumble at the very end of the game. He's the, the ball. It would look like a Madden play. You know how Madden the ball like just suctions into the people's arms sometimes? It was like he fumbles, ball bounces once and goes, Boom, perfectly tucked right into the defender's <laughs> arm, right? It's like, it doesn't happen that way. I just, it, the ball can go anywhere and it just literally went right into their hands and their chests uh, both times. So there's just some funny things that happen in a football game. And speaking of funny things, that play, Kyle Shanahan after the game took a little bit of responsibility for the play call on the goal line, the in it in the, in the Jimmy Garoppolo safety. And of course it's hilarious. It's embarrassing for Jimmy Garoppolo. He walked out of the back of the end zone. But there, there was no way that that play was going to end up good. Like, if he didn't go out of the back of the end zone, he's going to get sacked. Like, he had he had multiple rushers in his face, about Niners offensive linemen sitting on the ground. This long-developing play with play action out of the end zone, I agree with Kyle. And, look, this isn't me saying, hey, I know more about Kyle and what, calls to, what, what, what plays to call. Kyle said it was a bad play call. I agree with Kyle. That was a terrible play call. That was not going to end well. Could have ended up in a pick six, too. There was there was nothing good that was going to happen out of that play. He It, he, it was going to be a safety anyway if he didn't try to get rid of it and run out of the back of the end zone. So I that's on Kyle. Kyle Shanahan and, and Kyle Shanahan and Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't care who you blame. Uh, I don't care if you blame the offensive line. I don't care if you blame the front office. Obviously, the defense is playing amazing football right now the 49ers have to be able to win this game win these games and play well enough on offense to put some points on the board crock so i don't care who you blame the 49ers have to be better on offense in year six under kyle shanahan just to kind of go back to the screenplay was there and i don't know the answer to this because i watched it once and i was just like that's a crazy play 
did he have any type of opportunity to maybe throw the ball into the ground? Because for, for uh, Jimmy it's, Garoppolo, so it's a I, safety. I, this is what I expect. This is what I expect. I expect him to be more aware of what the circumstances are. So you know already, okay, we're, we're calling the screen. It's a long developing play. You know that when the play is called, when you hear it come in. So there has to be something that says, if this doesn't go according to play, I'm going to throw the ball at the attended target's feet right. or in his vicinity, right? Uh, now, this is not a Trey Lance versus Jimmy Garoppolo thing or whatever, but several times I watched Trey Lance when a play is blown up, a screen is blown up, him throw the ball at the guy's feet. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I just think for a guy that, like, dude, you're the nine-year veteran. Those are the things that you should be aware of pre-snap, understanding, like, okay, Peacock, if any scenario, right, with podcasting, you've been in these different scenarios and whatnot, and I'm pretty sure heading into something, you understand what could possibly happen, right? So you kind of prepare for that, all right? Let's say I have a camera that, oh, man, my battery's dying. Well, okay, I know my battery's dying. Okay, I'm I'm prepared to, if my battery dies, boom, I'm going to hit the settings to switch to my just webcam. Right, I'm aware of what what it is, and then what I have to do, have to do. How is Jimmy Garoppolo not more ready for the situation that hey, this is a tight space that, with his plays calling? I gotta this when we talk about playing above the X's. Jimmy, stop being a robot. That's what Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo is a robot. When you see guys running open and, and all this, and it's like, nah, like, well, Kyle called this play for me to throw it right here. This is how he drew it up, like this. And then if it's not there, all he just starts panicking. And then it's like his his robotic brain starts to malfunction. And I don't want to be hard on Jimmy Garoppolo. I just would expect a little, a little just a little more, just a little more awareness, because Jimmy is what he is. And I've accepted it that. And I do think you could, you, we saw the worst version of Jimmy Garoppolo Monday night. So I, I I understand that I fully aware I, I I believe that the 49ers will go and and beat the Rams next Monday night, right? But you got you can't just be a robot, and that's what he is. Well, Kyle told me to throw it here. He called the play up for this. He called the screenplay. It's a long developing play. That's why I ran out the back of the end zone. Jimmy, really? You got to be better than that, and that's why. Somebody asked me, Croc, be real about how you feel. You know, like, let us see the fandom side of you. All right, I'll be real. I don't see the 49ers winning the Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo, our quarterback, because he's a robot. And you can't be a robot in the biggest of moments. And that, and if he's doing that year nine, that's just who he is. Sorry for the rant. No, I love the rant. And it's hilarious. And it's all true, too. Uh, one thing, like... There is an intentional grounding aspect to it, which also would end in a safety if he didn't, you know, throw it in the right place. But you know, if, if your receivers in the vicinity, you can throw it at their feet, which is what you're talking about on the screenplay. You see it all the time in the NFL. I can't even recall Jimmy ever doing that on a screenplay either. Okay, I saw it with a kid, the guy that oh he can't do this and he can't do that. At the very least, he knew, hey, this this play is probably blown up. I'm not gonna let me just throw it at somebody's feet. And and Jimmy can't. Think that he can't, he doesn't think, no, robotic mind brain. Uh, let me just try to run out the back of the end zone, then throw a pick six. And not only that, not knowing where he is, runs out of the back of the end zone. And not only that, throws it to the defender instead of throwing it into the ground. Right, so right. It, those things. At, at least throw it into the ground. Even if they, let's say they call intentional grounding. Then everyone can blame Kyle Shanahan for everything pertaining to the play. Right, yeah. But 
the lack of awareness, that's the part that's wild to me. And that's the part where I just expect more. Again, Kyle and Kyle's play calling, et cetera. And I just saw a bunch of plays where I'm like, guys are running wide open, right? But when he is wrong, do you have the ability to make him right? And that's the one thing when it comes to Jimmy Garoppolo. When people are like, well, you win games with him. Like, yeah, you need everything to be perfect. You need everything to go right. You need Kyle Shanahan to be the master play caller on every single play. And you're nine years in. Like, bro, that's tough. So when Kyle's like, yeah, Jimmy's gone. Yeah, Jimmy's not going to be it. Well, yeah, because like, dude, do you know how hard it is <laughs> to call plays for him? And at least he is good enough to not lose games at the rate or not even close to the rate of Beathard, Mullins, those guys. But it's like, dude, I'm trying to get a little better. This dude's a robot. And a lot of those interceptions too. It's predetermined. It's like, okay, Kyle said this is supposed to be here. I'm a robot. So I'm not going to recognize that now there's a defender underneath and I have to pivot to something else. I'm Did not going to realize see? that I can't hit Debo on the dig because Kwan's kicking it over here on this side coming in. And Kwan, by the way, a lot of X49ers had the Niners number on Sunday night too. And I think that helped a little bit, but go ahead. Did you see the, the, the first third down? And I tweeted this out in the moment. You're not on Twitter, so you can't see this. But in the moment, I tweeted out. I said, hey, man, he's lucky that ball got tipped because that was a pick. You know, I, I saw the guy come. I saw the, the, the uh, lurking safety undercut it, but the ball got batted at the line of scrimmage. And then I see the all 22 of it floating around. I'm like, damn, that was for sure. That wasn't just a pick. That was a pick six if that ball didn't get batted down at the line of scrimmage. And the way two guys closed on it, it might have been a pick from Sertan, but it was definitely a pick from 30, who Jimmy never saw. So some of these things, okay, I watched Trey Lance throw a pick like that against the Brit Bears. Okay, you know, he took he took responsibility for it. Uh, you know, I tried to hold the guy. didn't hold him long enough, et cetera. He's aware. He's processing what's going on. And then, all right, let's not go out there and make the same mistake again, Trey. Now, obviously, he got hurt, so we won't, we won't know. But I, I, maybe I'm asking too much from Jimmy. And you can maybe I am Peacock. Maybe I'm asking too much, but I just expect a, a little bit more from someone who has played a lot of football. And like RG3 said, hey man, y'all sat up here and told me 49ers are better with him. I said you, you know they're not. And you saw what we that, that's Jimmy. And he's like, hey Kyle, call me. Right? We've done it before. Kyle, call me. Like, they're laughing up there, man. Like, that's embarrassing. That is embarrassing that they're laughing at how bad you are on offense, how bad your quarterback situation is when one guy was getting paid as much as any quarterback in history when he signed his contract. Then you trade three first-round picks to draft another guy, and you're still that bad at your quarterback situation right now. That is, that is embarrassing. And, and one of the guys up there on the panel laughing with RG3 about it, Steve Young, too. You know, <laughs> 49ers legend. Sitting up there making fun of the 49ers for offensive ineptitude. And, Croc, you asked if you are asking too much. Like, what are you asking? You're asking to not be terrible? I don't think that's asking too much. To convert more than one out of 10 of your third down opportunities? That's definitely not asking too much. I, I also feel like, again, I think that what we saw is like the worst case scenario of what can happen with Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback. So to spin this in more of a positive light, I think it can only be better from there. Right. right. And of course, what happens in the NFL, and I talk about it all the time, it's such a small sample league, and you have an entire week to stew on this one game. And then what happens? Everything you think you know about what happened this week, the next week, it completely gets flipped on his head. And watch the Niners are going to go out 
and this time the defense is going to give up 30 points to the the Rams, but the Niners are going to score 33 points, and Jimmy Garoppolo is going to throw for 300 yards, right? Like that that's that's what happens in the NFL, and it's insane. That that would be a little bit of a shocking turn next week, but that that's kind of what I expect because the NFL will always turn things on its head when you expect to know what's going on. Okay, next, let's talk Mike McDaniel, his start with the Dolphins, how important he was to Kyle Shanahan, and I have one more question with it as it pertains to Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance, but I do want to thank everybody for making Locked On 49ers your first listen every day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. For your second listen, make sure you go check out myself and former NFL scout Matt Williamson on the Peacock and Williamson NFL show talking about the entire NFL daily here on the Locked On Podcast Network and Croc doing Locked On NFL Draft every single day. Croc, this is my immediate response to watching the game last night live, watching some of it back. I haven't watched all of it on the rewatch yet. There's some certain plays I want to check out. But we've talked about it. Every way, like Jimmy Garoppolo did not play a good game. The idea that Trey Lance was not a good enough passer, take his legs out of it. He is just not a good enough passer from the pocket right now to be better than that. However raw he might be, that's an that's kind of an absurd thought. Like Trey Lance couldn't be that good right now as just a pure pocket passer. Forget about the running aspect of his ability. I I mean I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't because when I watch him again, if you're talking about first game live action Seattle Seahawks coming in mid game and what it looked like, I would say, yeah, this dude's not ready to just be a, be able to just drop back and throw the football around. And I would, I think after that, I feel like every time we saw him, he started to prove more and more. Like, no, I can drop back and throw the rock, and we did not see the super uh, inaccurate throws, which we saw early on, right? I mean, slant route, five yards over a guy's head, at a guy's feet. You know, you just saw some wild stuff where it's like, you know, it was some ugly moments. I thought since then he gradually improved. Now, you might look at a, I would say with seeing him, what game was it? The uh, Houston Texans preseason game. That might have been an outlier of a little all over the place, right? And as I will, you know, you could say, well, Jalen Moore and McKivitz, those guys are out there, which McKivitz has to be out there again. So I guess, you know, we'll see with Jimmy. But all over, well, he completed seven out of 11 passes. You know, and like that was like the worst of it. Well, Tsunami Trey Lance was bad, right? And so after, we're talking about him as just a pure thrower, a pure thrower over the football. We saw him make a beautiful layered throw, like a beautiful layered throw in the rain with a heavy football like dude like he can he can let it rip and we started to see that progression so i think it's a little over exaggerated and maybe people are lumping in everything that we've seen from trey lance as opposed to what we've seen more recently from trey lance as a passer which has been really more efficient again Houston Texans game last year, completed 70% of his passes, threw a couple touchdowns, did throw a pick, but we saw him throwing the ball well, right? Uh, Fast forward, first preseason game against Green Bay Packers. What did he do? Complete four out of five. Was he the most accurate guy? No, but did you see the crazy misses? No, you did not, right? Completed four out of five with a bomb on the money to uh, Danny Gray, which where the hell is he, all right? And then you go to the 
Chicago Bears game. And before the tsunami, right, before the fourth quarter, and this is grayed out, PFF, etc., he was grayed out as a top 10 quarterback before the rain got crazy and completed, and he was very efficient, right? So we've seen scenarios where it's nowhere near what people try to make it seem with him as a passer, like he just can't throw. And then again, the Seahawks game, he starts off, he completes two out of three passes. The one incompletion was because two guys didn't bite on the play action fake and they were in his face and he had to throw it right now. Otherwise, he probably would throw a touchdown to uh, Kyle Juszczyk. But he completed his other two passes and he was accurate. So I think it's, it's very overblown. I guess it doesn't matter because we won't see him at all. I think people are going to continue. Every time Jimmy goes out there and it looks weird, they're going to talk about Trey Lance, which is like, well, what can Trey Lance do right now? He can't play. Yeah. But I think it's... I think it's over-exaggerated with, oh, well, he can't throw, he can't do it. Like, no, he's gradually gotten better, which is what you would hope, but people write him off after four starts. Crazy. Miami Dolphins off to a 3-0 start under new head coach Mike McDaniel, who's been that guy that's been behind Kyle Shanahan every stop during his NFL career. Now out from under Kyle's shadow, and he's got things humming with the Miami Dolphins right now. And even before Mike McDaniel got hired with the Dolphins, I called Tua right-handed Jimmy Garoppolo. Croc, was I being disrespectful to Tua? Because he went out Le- last Left-handed season. Jimmy G. Or, yeah, left-handed Jimmy G, basically, yeah. And oh, real quick, did you see the video of him when somebody flipped it? Yes. And he was throwing right-handed? It looks different, right? <laughs> it, looked different. it looked normal. It's really weird, yeah. It doesn't look as funky. It still looks a little weird, but it doesn't look as crazy because uh, uh, Tua kind of threw the ball like Steve Young, like, and it always looks a little awkward with Steve Young too, like something flat, like the way it comes out, it's just, it's weird. But he, when you flipped it right-handed, it didn't look nearly as weird. So there's definitely <laughs> something going on with our brains when, when we see left-handed throwers and left-handed quarterbacks. But week two against the Ravens, Tua's out here throwing six touchdown passes. We've never seen anything remotely close to that coming out of Jimmy G in Kyle Shanahan's offense. So Either I immensely underrated Tua coming into the year, or maybe we all immensely underrated how important Mike McDaniel has been to Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers and how good he is on his own, because clearly he's a smart guy, right? But man, looking at uh, how the Dolphins are, are playing right now at 3-0, and look, they weren't an offensive juggernaut against the Buffalo Bills, but the Buffalo Bills were the scariest team in the NFL. The Buffalo Bills embarrassed the Los Angeles Rams on Monday Night Football to start the year, and the Dolphins beat the Buffalo Bills 21-19 in week three to stay unbeaten and have uh, and they're only the only unbeaten team in the AFC. So is there a possibility, and I, it's too early to know any of this, but is there a possibility that Mike McDaniel was the true genius behind Kyle Shanahan all this time, and, and Kyle might actually be really hurt by the loss of Mike McDaniel? <laughs> uh, I, you have heard people say that, and, and that's kind of been speculated. I pumped the brakes on it. I, I will say this. For Mike McDaniel to show up to Miami, he has those guys playing good football. So that, that's exciting to see. And he's, you know, following up on F- Flores, Ryan Flores, who things got a little weird there. But they were starting to play well. They were starting to play better. And now he's kind of getting them over that hump. So that's that's exciting. Almost like Mike Singletary-led 49ers, where it's like, oh, okay, they're starting to play better, but maybe just Singletary's just not quite the guy. And then Harbaugh comes in, the next thing you know, NFC Championship game, right? Uh, and I'm not saying that Miami's going to go to the AFC Championship, but he has those guys competing and figuring out how to win. And I'd say the bigger difference right now, and people are going to say, oh, man, he's just doing better than Kyle Shanahan. I would say the difference so far is, well, he's just gotten better quarterback play. 
Like that's the bigger difference, right? When you look at Kyle Shanahan and his record, Kyle Shanahan, his overall record, he's below 500 as a coach. And a lot of it has to do with not getting competent quarterback play, right? For the most part. I mean, it's just, can my, can I have a quarterback that goes out there and throws six touchdowns? Well, Kyle hasn't really had that guy. So I think that has a lot to do with his win-loss record, what it looks like, just getting normal quarterback play. If he got normal, just normal quarterback play against the Broncos, like you probably blow them out. You, you win. There's not even a question, a, a doubt about it, right? So right now, Tua, who people have compared to Jimmy Garoppolo, but he looks to be a little bit more confident. Now, here, here's the part when we start talking about the coaches. And I'm not on this fire Kyle Shanahan. I just got a tweet about, uh, you know, potential replacements. Like, no, I'm not doing that. But does <laughs> McDaniel do a better job of instilling confidence in his players? And I, I don't know. I haven't asked players about this. Maybe I'll reach out to some guys, Richard Sherman or whatever, and see. All right, my best friend. All right, but yeah. <laughs> but does McDaniel do a better job of instilling that confidence that, hey, man, I'm with you. You're my guy. We're going to ride. He came out to the media. Oh, man, uh, most accurate quarterback I've ever seen. Now, is that true or not with Tua? I don't know. But Tua believes it probably. Oh, man, my coach thinks I'm. So you just let it rip. And right now he's letting it rip. He's letting it rip. And to the tune of having a spectacular start. So I like it. The, the, you know, whatever he's doing over there, it's working. But I think that as far as the you know, win and loss record right now, because if the 49ers just had a little bit better quarterback play against the Bears, a little bit better quarterback play against the Broncos, like you're 3-0. and It's funny because their offenses are completely opposite too. Right now the 49ers offense has uh, the sixth-ranked rushing offense in the league as far as yards, rushing yards. The 49ers' pass defense – according to yardage is the 29th ranked passing offense in the league. And Mike McDaniel's Miami Dolphins offense is 29th in, Oh no, excuse me, 31st in the NFL in rushing yardage and fourth in the league in passing yardage. So the complete opposites there in how the offenses are being fisted. Mike McDaniel was the run game coordinator too with Kyle Sh- in right before he became offensive coordinator and so i thought there'd be all kinds of window dressing and, and crazy runs and it's it's the passing game that's going off for the miami dolphins right now and again well he also was a receiver coach and there is i think hawkins hawkins is out there and he's talking about stories of mcdaniel being the receiver coach for the cleveland browns i believe it was and when you listen to him and how he explained the receiver position i think he can just coach any position that's what it sounds like like yeah. he he just talked about how Everything, and this is Hawkins. He said when he, by the time he got coached by McDaniel, he uh, Hawkins was like 28 years old. So he's like, man, I don't went through college. I played years in the NFL. I feel like I learned everything. And he said everything he thought he knew about playing the receiver position, McDaniel flipped it all upside down, and was like, no, okay, do this, do that. And you know, he teach him different releases. And he's like, look, this release, I'm gonna teach you three releases. This is all you're gonna need. And then he would before the game, they go out there. And they play against, you know, a certain cornerback. And he's like, hey, versus this cornerback, use this release. He won't get hands on you. You'll win every rep. Versus this corner, use this release. Do it every single time. You'll win every rep off the line of scrimmage. So it's a guy that truly understands the ins and outs of not just being a run game coordinator, but pass catching as well. Maybe he's like, hey, man, I got these guys, uh, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle. Like, these dudes can't touch y'all. Listen, this is what you do. 
And he's got those guys just winning, and you see them consistently winning uh, throughout games. It's crazy because he never called plays before because Kyle always was the one that was calling plays. So it was really unknown what Mike McDaniel was going to be like in this new role. And so far, so good for the Miami Dolphins off to a 3-0 start there. Uh, you know what's funny, too, is it's not all Waddle and Hill. Who caught the touchdown pass for the Dolphins this week, Croc? River Craycraft. Uh, really? I didn't know Craycraft caught one. Yeah, Trent Sherfield River Craycraft were featured in that game for uh, for the Dolphins. So, yeah. Um, wow, but it does help with all the the speed they have with Hill and and Waddle. That is a handful for kids. You got to wonder why do those guys want to go play for Welker and McDaniel? Mm-hmm. And and I think a lot of it is just this relationship that you potentially have with your coach, right? Like when you're choosing the spot, sometimes it's about the money. Sometimes it's about man. I know this coach. I I trust him to put me in a position to win and be successful. And, and and it's not a, a politics type thing. And I think that's what he's giving them, and those guys are playing for him. Yeah. I mean, Sherfield probably had some opportunities. Craycraft, it might have been the only chance he had to sign a contract. So that might have been the reason he, he decided to go to the Miami Dolphins. But he made it. He made, yeah, the team. He made it. And he scored a touchdown in week three. So there you go. Um, we still don't know, though. The, the jury's still out. Plus, the other thing that happens with the new head coach, he's got his new ideas. He's implementing his offense. There's some really good defensive coordinators out there that now are going to have some film, collect film, watch how Mike McDaniel's running his offense and have a chance to scheme against him now because they didn't really know at the beginning of the year how to, to go against that Miami Dolphins offense. So we're going to see a lot of the adjustments and then the adjustments to the adjustments, which is a big part of being a, a coach and a player in the NFL when people have a book on you. But um, And when it comes to the 49ers, again, I feel like we got to end it on this because after a loss, there's a lot of negative that's out there. Look, Jimmy G made some actually some pretty good throws. That dime he threw on the out to Juwan Jennings, uh, making a play, stepping up in the pocket and, and throwing a pass. He actually converted a third down that got called back. So they would have been better on third downs, but there was a, a holding penalty. I think it was on maybe McGlinchey on, on one key third down too. So, and that was the worst of Jimmy that we saw last week. Didn't get a lot of practice time in the spring and summer. That could be better. That, that's going to be better. Niners start. We will see better. We're going to see we, better. We will see a yeah. better version of Jimmy Garoppolo. Yes. Yes. We're going to see a, a better version of everybody. We just got to hope that the defense is still that good, right, when the offense starts playing a little bit better because the defense has done everything you could have. The defense gave up nine points the last two weeks, and the 49ers offense and special teams has given up nine points. So there's that. That can't happen. All right. Thanks, everybody, for making Locked On 49ers your first listen. We will be back tomorrow with another Winky Wednesday episode. Uh, hit Croc up on Twitter if there's anything specific you want to talk about. Don't hit me up on Twitter right now because uh, my account is still disabled. And uh, leave a, a note in the comments, the comments section on YouTube as well, if there's something you want us to get into. And we're going to start turning the page to those Los Angeles Rams, Monday Night Football coming up this week. It's a really, really big game. The 49ers can't afford to go one and three to start this season. I think we're going to see a a really fired up football team uh, with the 49ers against the Los Angeles Rams. Croc and I back tomorrow right here, Locked On 49ers.